0: What is happening? Welcome back to another episode of College Football Down Under. I am your host for this week's 14 recap episode, and unfortunately, I've got no mates. My boy Kempi has let life get in the way, and is competing or not competing for National High School Volleyball Glory, so he's left me high and dry this week, and all of my usual ring-ins are busy and tied up, so you're left with just me. Which... I don't know if that's going to be a good thing or not, but we're certainly going to learn along this journey. So right away off the back of this news, there's a couple of things I'd like to get off my chest. Uh, I'd firstly like to apologize for this episode being a little later than usual. Uh, We were hoping that we could make something happen earlier in the week, and it just hasn't worked out. So I, I certainly wanted to get something out there, and that leads to my next point. With the fact that it's just me, uh, i'm I'm a little worried that things might be a bit flat. I, I know listeners out there, I'm sure love listening to my docile tones and and really want to get around that. But, I'm concerned that it might be a little bit weird, so I've I've changed things up a bit, and I've, I've tried to involve a little bit more production here in an effort to try and make things a little spicier for your listening, so hopefully things work out, if not, who cares, it is what it is. This will be a shorter episode with just me, but let's hope that this little production magic I can pull out makes things a little interesting for us, so... Um, I'm really looking forward to it. It was a huge weekend in college football, and on the plus side of all of this, without Aaron here to knock me down, I can say whatever I want, and you guys can just take it as gospel, so we will go with that. So let's get right into things then. the same format as usual for our recap episodes today, so I'm going to give the juice for over the weekend what I really enjoyed about our games. We'll move into the Laydown Sally segment, our most disappointing efforts across the weekend. I'll then have a quick run through of the game recap, so probably won't dive in as deep as I would normally with the big fella alongside of me, but I'm certainly going to hit some of the high points and look at over some of the amazing matchups that we have. I've got a whole bunch of helmet stickers to hand out this week, some incredible performances there. We'll take a look at the Aussies in action and and surmise how our boys went across the year. Uh, we'll have a real quick look at the bold prediction review and then we'll uh, finish things off on the punt. So. Let's get into things and start on The Juice. 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 There it is, there's the first of our little production things that we're gonna hear across this episode, so I don't know how you feel about it, it seems a bit weird, but better than just me this whole time, I suppose. So, for me, The Juice this week, cannot go past the Iron Bowl. It was an absolute classic, and it was everything that we want to see in the best rivalries in college football. This matchup had it all. It went to the wire. And I know it's not something you should cheer and be happy about seeing, but Alabama losing, because it happens so rarely, kind of puts a smile on everyone who's not an Alabama fan's face. Because it kind of has to. They've been so dominant. There's some record out there about how many 1,400 days that they've been ranked inside the top five. That's finally come to an end. An incredible effort. So to see Auburn pull it out, and I mean they needed everything to go their way in that one. And and we'll touch on that one a little bit later. But for me, that matchup was absolutely awesome. I I was thrilled with it. The, the there were highlights after highlights. I mean Jalen Waddell four. Alabama was incredible. The Auburn defensive unit was trying to stand up against the might of that Bama offense, but then Bonex was stepping up and making plays, and they were really getting it done. So it was a hu- huge matchup, really, really loved it, and I I was just hoping that a few of the other big matchups, like my cowboys in Bedlam, might have been able to pull something out themselves, but alas, not to be now i'm a little concerned that that little cut there might not be along the same lines as what we're trying to get at with this segment here but hey whatever i liked it i'm going with it so lay down sally this is the point. Pl- the point of the show where both aaron and i would normally give our negative points across the weekend or our most disappointing piece and for mine this week it it involves my my man who's not here today the big Kempi missed all of the action and and this is what we live for these weekends of rivalry football that have these classic matchups that we saw a couple of over the weekend Ah, brilliant. And he missed out on it. So, from a personal level, that's super disappointing because hopefully most of our listeners out there got to tune into the Iron Bowl and, and got to see that classic. And there wasn't others out there who had, at this very busy time of year, other commitments going on that prevented you from seeing it. I mean, these games are, were absolute belters and it's what it's all about. So, for anyone out there, I guess I'm disappointed for you if you missed it. and. Make sure you make up for it this weekend with a huge slate of conference championships games because these are going to be awesome as well. Alright, let's keep rolling. Let's let's get this one together. Let's get it out quick. Um, we're going to move straight into the game recaps now, so for some of these recaps I've tried to pluck out a, a few highlights that we can call along with them to, to help break things up, but I'm just going to go through most of the important games that we saw over the weekend And then have a breakdown at who got up and and how things went from there. So starting things off, we had a few early games this week, which was quite weird. And and early, I mean, there were some really good games on the Saturday here in Australia, Friday night over in America. Uh, Firstly, it was Iowa and Nebraska. in in their big rivalry matchup. So we had the number 17 ranked Iowa side going into Lincoln and they managed to get away with a big 27-24 victory uh, that came on the back of a a game-winning field goal right at the end there and and they would be absolutely thrilled with that. So whilst they're a ranked side and Nebraska is not, they have been kind of really tight all year And, and Aaron's always ragging on how They're unable to generate a lot on offense, and that's probably fair. But they are a disciplined unit, and because of that, they are in a lot of matchups that they play. So the big matchup with Nebraska here, who have been struggling but are at home and were finishing a little bit better as they did last year, is a massive one for them to get the win. So they would be absolutely thrilled with that. Uh, Moving along on that Saturday slate, we had Cincinnati and Memphis. So this is my Bearcats here, and I was awfully disappointed to see them go down. So this was a, another really good matchup. Uh, it was high-quality football and played right down to the end. So Memphis ended up walking away 34-24 to 24 victors, and deservedly so. They, they were red-hot coming into this game, and I could see after the fact why they were heavy favorites with the punters. This result now sees us with a rematch of this very matchup again in the conference championship. So we go straight into it this week. Uh, we get to see these boys go back at it again, this time playing for it all in the Americans. So, I mean, I said I like this one. So I'm obviously going to again back this one in again this week uh, to be another cracking matchup, so certainly try and keep an eye out for that one and get around it. Uh, Both Aaron and I do intend on having a preview episode of the Conference Championship game. He'll hopefully be back on deck. It may just be later in the week. Uh, Moving along the Saturday slate, we had Boise State and Colorado State. So Boise were able to get out on top of that one 31 to 24 and remain ranked at 20 in the AP poll. And have gone through a really successful year once again. So they've finished the season 11-1, and won, 8-0 and in conference play. They're coming up against Hawaii, Australia's team, in their conference matchup. And would be super confident in that. But it, it's a side that just continues to really impress there. Over in the ACC, we had a battle for the Coastal uh, Champion and the right to lose to Clemson this week. So we had Virginia Tech uh, going in and coming up against Virginia. And Virginia were able to walk away. So for the first time in 15 years, they've pulled this one out. And Bryce Perkins really stood up for the Cavaliers in this one. He was the difference. He went 20 of 33 through the air for over 300 yards, and then also carried the ball uh, 19 times for 164 yards and two touchdowns. The dude just put the team on his back, went nuts, and and that was enough to to lift them over the line there. So disappointing for me because I miss out on my bold prediction, but he was super impressive and very deserved for this Virginia team. So now I believe there's, uh, what is it, seven teams in the Coastal, and over the last seven years now every team has won it separately, which is just crazy and speaks to absolute parity in that division. Uh, moving things along, we then start to look at what we had on Sunday. So the early slate had the heavy hitter matchup, the game, as it's known, Ohio State and Michigan. And it really played out as we kind of expected. I mean, Ohio State were the better team. They were too good. Michigan were not able to stop them defensively. uh, And they just rolled. Even with Justin Fields getting hurt and uh, what was an injury that sent shockwaves through the college football playoff uh, landscape, he managed to get back up, did not seem to slow him at all and they just continued to roll. So Ohio State walked away big winners of that one and here is some tape from that one. Fields to throw it, pump fake, scrambles. Sets fires. Touchdown, Garrett Wilson. Wow. Justin Fields comes off the bench and throws a strike. Have a day, Garrett Wilson. Unbelievable. What a play. Wilson stays alive, gets the feet down in the end zone. That was a dime. And have a day indeed, Garrett Wilson did. So only the three catches, but went for over 118 yards and that touchdown there. So That's a huge effort, but the real destroyer for Ohio State in this one was J.K. Dobbins. This was his day to shine. 31 carries, 211 yards, four touchdowns. That is massive. He was super impressive, and he's probably been the one running back that hasn't been as high profile as the others when you you look at the likes of Jonathan Taylor or Travis Etienne or even my boy Chuba Hubbard. He's probably been flying under the radar a little bit but has had as successful a season as all of those gentlemen and is very much pushing uh, to continue his play as they have their sights set on the national championship on the other side of the ball too ohio state were were really dominant again i mean yes they gave up 27 points but they managed to keep shea patterson under 50 percent they managed to force a turnover there they kept the the michigan rushing uh, attack completely bottled up there wasn't a lot happening in that space at all and they're, they're just a complete unit that look as if they're going to be a tough out to beat. So they continue rolling. They look really dangerous. They've got Wisconsin this week in in uh, the conference championship game. On the flip side, Michigan are back to scratching their heads. So Harbor now has gone, what is it, 0-6, I believe, against uh, Ohio State, which just isn't acceptable in that rivalry. This... this leads so deep and means so much to this fan base that you need to win this game and and you cannot be continually losing this. The rest of your season doesn't really matter if you're not shaping up and being more competitive in this one. So that's got to hurt. I feel a little bit sorry because they're coming up against an absolute elite team in the country So you're kind of up against it, but they need to find a way. They need to turn themselves into that elite team, and it'll be interesting to see how much rope he's given uh, and whether he's going to have that opportunity to continue to turn things around and, and hopefully make that so for them. Our next matchup that we'll be looking at in this little rundown is LSU and Texas A&M and this one wasn't much of a matchup so LSU absolutely whacked Texas A&M 50 to 7 Uh, I watched the first quarter of this one and had had enough Uh, LSU got out to a fast 21 to nothing start and that was all she wrote really Uh, they were the far superior team on the day Joe Burrow continues to excel, drive his draft stock through the roof his year has been one for the ages and an absolute incredible season because you didn't really see it coming out of the block. So for him it's massive. For this team, another great one. It's, it's cool to see our number one and number two teams come in so hot. And, and let's move right along to the next one. Clemson, South Carolina, number three as well. Also equally as hot. So in that one, they absolutely crushed South Carolina 38 38-3. Uh, and I mean, you think about this South Carolina team, they beat Georgia during the year and yes, I mean, these crazy things happen and North Carolina almost beat Clemson, who I'm sure Georgia would absolutely beat the piss out of, but it just shows that Clemson are absolutely firing at the moment. And the scary thing in that one is that Trevor Lawrence is really starting to get going too. He, he started the season a little slowly, and, and there's been a lot of media talk about that, but he's really starting to pull it together now, and I think he has a real opportunity to continue his ascension with what will be a fairly cruisy conference game I'm expecting for those guys, and then a massive playoff run, so... Keep your eyes peeled for that one. Uh, he is one. And then, I mean, the number four team as well, Georgia, didn't exactly struggle coming up against Georgia Tech, and they won that one 52-7. Uh, the biggest news to come from that one was probably more the brawling that was happening on the sidelines, which isn't a good look when you're the much better team. But, uh Their leading receiver on the year, uh, I think it's George Pickens, uh, has been ejected in the second half of that one, which will cost him the first half of the SEC Championship game as well, so that has a massive impact uh, in that one, and they'll be super disappointed with that. Boy was doing work in that little fight, but uh, yeah, you've kind of got to pull your head in, and I mean, there's a reason they call it clean, good old-fashioned hate, I suppose. The next Sunday showdown that we'll look at was the big in the Iron Bowl. This one was a belter. As a lead blocker, Jones throws it to Harris. Behind him, it's intercepted. Picked off, and it's Jacoby McLean. Can he take it? Are you kidding me? 100 yards, touchdown. Now, as I said in the leadoff for this one, this matchup was incredible, and Auburn needed everything to go their way in order to be able to pull this one, and it, and it speaks to the power of Alabama, but they needed the injuries Alabama had. To their star playmaker until to it happen and and that helped with Mac Jones in the field, who who was good, he was serviceable, but not at that same efficient level that we see. They needed an extra second to be available to them, and and not only available, but give them an opportunity to get the field goal unit out at the half. They then and then sc- score three points where normally you wouldn't have enough time to make the spike. It's it was a whole situation that I understand, Nick Saban's anger about and he was furious on the sideline but it's one of those things that it happens there's not much you can do about it you've got to wear that and then to see like a hundred yard pick six is just huge and then the final play of the game to be able to get caught with a substitution infraction that wipes off the ability for them to make a stop and get the ball back. It it was just crazy. There was so much insaneness happening across the day. I absolutely loved it. This is what you want in these rivalries, and it was brilliant. So congratulations to Auburn. They'll now have the bragging rights in the state of Alabama for 12 months, and I'm sure that they are absolutely thrilled with that. So Bo Nix ended up with so-so uh, day he, he did what was required of him so he didn't turn the ball over uh, had the ball uh, through the air 15 to 30 times uh, a mediocre 173 yards but I think it's important that he didn't turn that one over and, and was able to let them run the ball and Jatarius Whitlow was able to do that and, and he had quite some success so he went for over 100 yards on his 16 carries on the flip side of that, Alabama, Mac-, Mac Jones was good. He was prolific through the air. He had over 300 yards and four touchdowns, but he turned it over twice, and, and that was a killer. And there are a couple of bad ones in there where he just overthrew it, and they went back for six, and that that kills you, uh, and, and it did. And, you know, you, you look at all this stuff and you go, wow, you have two big pick-sixes and the point there, and you're still only... Go down by three points. It just speaks to the talent of this side, and there were points in the game when Najee Harris was really just rolling, and and he was so impressive. Uh, he he almost had one hundred and fifty yards on the day, and he's gonna be impressive on Sundays as well. He he has that future ahead of him. The other big star of the day was Jalen Waddle. So he's normally coming in as like the number four Alabama receiver behind Jerry Judy, Devonta Smith, and and Henry Ruggs. But he was so impressive with some of what he did. So he caught three touchdown passes on the day and also had a huge kickoff return touchdown. He was an absolute live wire. And it just shows how much talent this Alabama team have across the board. It was a great matchup. I know Aaron would be absolutely devastated that he missed it. But, I mean, sucked in. We, we get to enjoy that stuff. Moving along from that one, Utah were able to continue their winning ways and had a great victory over Colorado. So this was a bit of a scary one for them, knowing the Pac-12 and the way that the Pac-12, Pac-12s, but... They were convincing and they're looking really good and they've certainly got themselves a really solid shot now of securing a spot in the playoff. They've got a massive matchup with Oregon this week, obviously, and they require probably an LSU victory to, to kick Georgia out and, and then open up that gate and then we'll have real debates between themselves and the Big 12 winner. But they're looking really good and they have are doing it in all phases of the game, uh, their offense is rolling at the moment. Uh, their defense has been elite all year, and they even got it done on special teams. Colorado's punting again. Alex Kinney to Damari Simpkins from the 33. He'll make a few people miss. Simpkins down the sideline. Damari Simpkins looks behind him. There's nobody there, and I don't see any. How's the lead into that one? I'm getting good at this production stuff, I think. Um, it, there needs to be something with just me here. I've, I've got to keep myself entertained. Utah managed to win this one, 45-15. to 15, And Tyler Huntley just continues to have his insane efficient season. I mean, these numbers that he, are putting up, he is putting up week in, week out are not overly prolific. He's not going for the Joe Burrows 350-plus a week. But he's just not missing passes. I mean, he went 14 of 17 again. So he's only missed three balls on the day. He's thrown two touchdowns. Like, that's a pretty good rate between incompletions and touchdowns against a solid Pac-12 foe. Like, that that's what you love to see. So... I'm really enjoying how Utah are travelling and I'm hoping that they can keep this rolling and we can really make things interesting for the final playoff votes from there. Now moving things along, unfortunately the next one is the Bedlam matchup in which my Oklahoma State Cowboys were well and truly outclassed by the Oklahoma Sooners, 34-16 uh, to 16 in Stillwater. And this one, whilst was felt like a a solid matchup, was never really one that Oklahoma would have been fearful of in terms of they led from fairly well start to finish, they went down, scored on their opening drive of the game, yes they got matched up after that but then really seemed to put a bit of distance between it and then coast home. Uh, and the, the big weapon for them in this song was Kennedy Brooks, the, the running back. So it wasn't so much Jalen Hurts. They managed to kind of keep him contained and bottled up somewhat. But Kennedy Brooks just run riot. He had uh, 22 carries for 160 yards. And it was the this guard tackle pool play that they just ran over and over that Oklahoma State could not do anything about. So they were able to control that offensive line of scrimmage and get significant push so that he was getting first touched when he was six, seven yards into the backfield already. And that's enough to continually churn out first down. So Oklahoma looked really good in this one and and they kind of needed to. Their, Their defense stood up and they managed to Hold Oklahoma State to a number of field goals in key red zone possessions. And, and that turned out to be the difference. If Oklahoma State could have converted a couple of those opportunities into touchdowns, and it would have been a lot tighter down the stretch. And who knows from there. But it didn't happen. And some credit needs to be given out to Oklahoma's, Oklahoma's defense for that one. and And that's the one that everyone wanted to see some improvement in, especially going into this Big 12 matchup Uh, with Baylor. On from that matchup, we then also have the Wisconsin-Minnesota one. So this was number 12 and number 8 ranked sides going head to head. And it turned out to be a a really good matchup too, especially if if you're a Wisconsin fan. I mean, they seemed to pull it all together. They went down early and then managed to really start to click and and exert their will on the game. Uh, They really had a, a more of a balanced attack in this one. so Jonathan Taylor didn't quite get off as much as you might expect, but Jack Cohn stood up and he had a really big day with 280 yards through the air. It was a Quintus Cephas who was on the receiving end of a number of big plays there. And Minnesota whilst they've had a, a really, really good year, now fall to, to 10 and two, miss out on that championship game. One of those ones when you, you get so close and, and you want to be around it but you just fall short and then it kind of it all feels a bit sour from there. It, it, it's it's super disappointing for them. So Wisconsin get an opportunity to go up against Ohio State. I don't see why we'll have anything different than what we had earlier in the year in this one. But hey, if there's a team that knows how to run the ball and can potentially grind one out if it is close then who knows but uh, well done to the Badgers in taking out that one. There were not a whole heap of other surprises in the other ranked matchups that we had with Baylor absolutely whacking Kansas to the tune of 61 to 6, Penn State having a big day over Rutgers, Florida easily accounting for Florida State, in which I think we had one of the most interesting double pass plays that you will ever see. Uh, Oregon getting up in the Civil War 24 to 10. Uh, Notre Dame having their way with Stanford after it being quite close uh, around the half, they then kicked away towards the back end of that game, especially in the last walking away winners 45 to 24. And then the one surprise, especially for me, I suppose, was to see Kansas State get up over Iowa State. So Iowa State had been traveling well, but now Kansas State walk away with the better record on the year at 8-4, and four, and they'll probably take that spot in uh, you know, a, a fairly competitive bowl game, and, and Iowa State will now be dropped down to one of the more run-of-the-mill matchups. Okay, well that might do me with the game recap, so I did have a number of other clips for a number of other games that we had across the day, but this is bloody hard work by myself and I think I'm going to leave it for another time. Uh, When I have Aaron back, we, we might get an opportunity to recap on some of the other ones, but we might keep things charging along in this episode here. So with that said, it is now time for me to hand out some helmet stickers. Alright, here we go. We are starting with Jarrett Patterson, running back out of Buffalo, hasn't been spoken about much on this show this year, but he had an insane stat line over the weekend. 26 carries, 298 yards and 6 touchdowns. How is that? The big JP took the first play from scrimmage, 81 yards, found Pader and did not look back from there. Buffalo ended up crushing Bowling Green in this one and he must have been spewing that he couldn't get those additional two yards to bring up the three bills but man that is a day out. Helmet sticker for him. Uh, We also had Joe Burrow obviously continues his Heisman campaign had another really good game against Texas A&M, 23 of 32, 352 yards and three touchdowns, almost flawless as I mentioned earlier, his draft stock is just absolutely skyrocketing, he's so comfortable in the pocket, he's shown so much uh, moxie as well, he, he's willing to take the ball, tuck the ball and run, and, he, and he's shown now as to when is the appropriate time to do that, which is really important, so I've been super impressed with what we've seen there. Uh, Eric Gray, a running back out of Tennessee. Uh, We haven't heard a lot of Tennessee this year. They've kind of turned things around after a super, super disappointing start to the year, but he is a young freshman who had 25 carries for 246 yards and three touchdowns, which is really, really good. Uh, Justin Fields, uh, who we said kind of gave all Ohio State fans an absolute heart attack on the weekend when he went down clutching his knee but managed to pull it back together in their massive rivalry game. He went for over 300 yards and four touchdowns and looks primed for the matchup with Wisconsin this week. Uh, Jalen Waddell, uh, as I mentioned in that matchup as well, four catches, 98 yards, three touchdowns, and a 98-yard kick return touchdown. That'll earn you a sticker. Uh, Ian Book, the quarterback out of Notre Dame, had four touchdowns and 250-plus yards across his day, so he has been consistent all year. And whilst they probably haven't been as successful as they were hoping to be, he has really turned it on down the stretch, and he's had at least three touchdown passes in each of his last four games. Uh, Zach Smith at Tulsa had... 330 yards through the air and five touchdowns. So Tulsa haven't quite found their groove this year, but he has been quite, quite good and he'd be really happy with that effort there. Uh, Lynn Bowden. So for those of you out there who are not aware, Lynn Bowden is the quarterback wide receiver running back at Kentucky. And and I say that because he currently leads the team in receiving yards, rushing yards and plays the quarterback position so don't ask me how that happens but he had 22 carries on the weekend as a quarterback for 284 yards and four touchdowns and I think he only threw two passes on the day so some crazy stuff happening there but they had a big win so something's working down there but absolutely insane Uh, J.K. Dobbins, 31 carries, 200 plus yards and 4 touchdowns in a massive rivalry matchup. That's what you want to see. That's when you want to see people excelling. And he is the best running back that Ohio State have had since Ezekiel Elliott and we've seen how that's worked out in the pros. So he's certainly one to keep an eye on. Uh, Finishing things off with my helmet stickers today, I'm giving out a bit of fullback love, which wouldn't happen a lot, I wouldn't have thought, from this show, but uh, Jamael Carruthers at Navy plays the fullback position. He had 18 carries for 188 yards and 5 touchdowns, so that is uh, quite something. It's that whole Navy option offense that really kind of throws things out in the mix there, but he has had a number of big games across the year, so well done, big fella. Good going. Alright, well those are our helmet stickers and now I think it's time for some Aussies in action. Well what a year it's been for our Aussies again. Uh, Another superb season where this year we have Finished with 7 players ranked inside the top 13 overall in the country, which is a massive effort when when you think about The fact that a lot of these kids have never played the game until they've entered the college level. I I would say almost all of them. And they're just able to excel to the level that they do. And and you just know they're having a great time. So those seven guys that we've had finished, I'd just really like to recognize in this episode. We've got Max Duffy who finished the season as the number one rated punter for your net yard average. And I would be shocked if he doesn't take away the Ray Guy. And he's followed by Dane Roy, who's also uh, nominated for the Ray Guy Award, has had that many balls pinned inside the 20. He's been an absolute weapon for Houston this year. We've also had Oscar Bradburn, who's been right around the mark for them all year uh, and super impressive. Then John Haggerty at Western Kentucky, who down the stretch has just improved week in and week out and again had a really good effort on the weekend uh averaging over 46 yards uh Tyson Dyer one that we've mentioned on the show and a really big fan of here uh who's been ultra consistent Uh, Louis Headley uh, at Miami managed to sneak his way in there, which is a massive, massive effort from the big fella in his first season at a Power 5 program. And rounding things out, it's big Trent Schneider at the University of Southern Florida. He as well has also been a permanent fixture almost in the top 10, having consistent performances for what was probably a, a disappointing season for the Bulls, he has been a shining light. So congrats to all of those boys. It's so awesome to see. I, I, I really enjoy that we've got this pipeline and these kids get to enjoy this dream that is you know, college football and, and living that college life. And it seems like it's not going away anytime soon. So congrats to all of those boys. And we hope that... Those that are competing in championship games, maybe none of those mentioned there, but the others, uh, we wish them nothing but the best, uh, and then hopefully some good fun around bowl time too. So on from that, we then have uh, the bowl prediction review, which I uh, don't really want to spend too much time on because you can probably pick things didn't come out on top. so. Last week, rather than having our bold predictions, Aaron and I we did a bit of a bold prediction pickem. Um, we had a bit of fun where he had to name the game, the rivalry matchup, and if he could successfully guess the name of the matchup, then he got to pick first in that matchup, and and then we went tip for tip. So. On those games, he managed to pick 14 of the 29 uh, names of the rivalries, which is not a bad effort, right around 50%. So that gave me 15 first choice selections, uh, and he obviously only had the 14. On my first choice selections, I went 10 and 5. So that uh, conversely then led Aaron to having 10 and 4 on his first choice, which led him to scoring. 15 of 29 right, and he took out the competition. So we're not going to dwell on this one. Well done, big fella. He he started in a whole heap. I think all of the early games went against him, and then he started to get going and, and backed in a bunch. So congrats, but we all know he doesn't listen back to these shows. He'll never listen to this. He's not going to know, so let's not share that with him. Lastly today, I would like to reflect on how we've been on the punt. Another successful week. So we didn't manage to jag all three of our matchups and and the multi as I was hoping, but we did make some money. So so we made 2.2 units, which is really good. Happy with that. Uh, That drags us back to negative three and a bit on the year. But, you know, we've still got Championship Week. I will be giving out some picks uh, on... Friday night, Saturday morning show. So make sure you're listening in for that one. Then throughout the bowl game, I'm going to have some stuff there. Uh, So this one, we had a bit of a multi um, on on teams to win. So we had Boise to beat Colorado State. We had Missouri to beat Arkansas and SMU to beat Tulane. And they all did that. So that, that paid over $2, which was nice. We had LSU minus 17, which didn't turn out to be nearly enough points so really looking good after those predictions but then I predicted Cincinnati to beat Memphis and that certainly did not happen they went down by 10 so missed out on that one Uh, that would have been great that would have been a huge payday but not to be so is what it is Uh, we live to fight another day make a little bit of our money back and I'm confident again going into next week well, there you have it. That brings us to the end of this week's episode. Thank you very much for joining us. If you've made it all the way through to the end here, I certainly appreciate it. Uh, it hasn't been easy going for myself. This is the first time that we've tried this one. There, it, it's quite difficult. There's a lot more prep that needs to go into it. And unfortunately, we just haven't quite had the time to be able to align things up. And I was hoping to have a little bit more production work that I could slide in as things went. But not to be, so anyone who is still on the line and and listening at this point of the show is a real dedicated fan, and, and I'd love to hear from you, so... As Aaron always does plug, please do hit us up. Twitter, Instagram, let your friends know. Let's continue to build this. This has been an amazing year for us. We've we've had a lot of growth, which has been awesome. But we'd like to keep that going. Like We really enjoy having the show, catching up, talking it. I mean, obviously, I'm not catching up with him now, which is super disappointing. But I, I wanted to get this show out because people do tend to be listening to us. And, and we don't want to kind of not be able to deliver a product that we enjoy having our regular catch-ups with, but also find other people uh, enjoying as well. So so that's a really cool feeling, and we want to keep things going here and, and continue to build on it. We, we would love to kind of travel over or, or hear from people who are traveling over and, and get them involved in the show, have some interviews of those sorts of nature, all of that sort of stuff. We, we'd love to see where we can take this thing and, and keep it going. So... Thank you very much for everyone who is listening. Uh, I guess at this point I'll wrap things up. And on behalf of myself and, and only myself tonight, I appreciate you, your listenership and we will see you next time. O'Connell wants Hopkins. It's off his hands and it's caught wow. by Anthrop. It looks like Hopkins is going to have the catch. It goes off of his right knee through it through his hands and right into the arms of Anthrop, who's inside the 10-yard line at the five. He kept playing. 268. Second and 10, more pressure. Ellinger to the end zone. Jake Smith. What a catch! Touchdown, Texas. Rager retreats, now advances and finds some open ground. There he goes! Struck into the end zone. He had a punt return touchdown for 73 yards against Kansas. The players at Big 12 Media Day said this was the fastest guy in the conference. Got to protect it. Hartman throws it. Hinton trying to freelance. The ball's taken away. Trill Williams running down the sideline. Williams.